nothing for it. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Welcome to the Cornhusker Corner with Blake. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. And Brooks. Is mayonnaise an instrument? And you better bet your bottom dollar that these two brothers know how to handle business. Here's a hand up to Thunder who gives it back to Mike Stokes. He's going to throw it. He's got a man out. Welcome to the Corn Husker Corner, where there's no place like this podcast. This podcast, as always, we are hosts Blake and Brooks. Brooks. So uh, we had our uh, second game of the season, and uh, you know, really not much to talk about, and that's going to be it for us today. Uh, it was a really great win. <laughs> no, um, a lot more eventful. Uh, a lot more eventful than uh, we thought it was going to be. Um, not all too shocking. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's jump into it. What are your immediate thoughts? Well, um, the turf looks good on camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we didn't. We didn't, we didn't score sixty three points like I thought we would. <laughs> Those are the first two things that immediately come to mind. But my the other thing that comes to mind is like. I mean, from a big picture standpoint, we'll get into specifics, but from a big picture standpoint, um, having a close game like this where we come out on top, um, especially it being the fact that we really only got a half quarter of complete football in there, yeah. and that half quarter yeah. was enough to give us a three-score lead, ultimately. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that that is one big encouraging thing you can take away from it, that now this team knows what it feels like to be again to be in a game deep on for it to feel like oh no it's not going our way and then to put mm-hmm. put your pedal on the, or to put the pedal to the metal and eventually get it done and, and finish so I know it's North Dakota yeah. but look uh, you know these are kids and te- teams got to learn you know and and we're gonna get better and better every week hopefully um, yeah I do think it's a- funny like. Like the stuff that we were talking about at halftime is such a weird game. The stuff we were talking about at halftime and the stuff coming from you and you know the general consensus is it felt a, for a little bit in that game like are we going to get a mid-season coaching change? <laughs> it, it felt <laughs> no, a little right. bit like that. You're right. It was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the team was just flat. The team yeah. was flat. Uh, having a crowd like that doesn't really help. Um, no, I mean, and you, you knew going into that game that the crowd was going to be like that. Uh, just how deflating the loss was last week. Um, there wasn't going to be a lot of energy. Um, but again, we've talked about this. The season's not over. Go out, support the team with all the fervor that Nebraska fans can. Cause guess what? It does affect the kids on the field. It does. When the, when the defense is on the field and I can hear the play calls on the TV. That's unacceptable for Memorial Stadium, let me tell you. I know it's North Dakota. It's hard to you know keep up your fervor, uh, especially when things aren't going well. But that's when the team needs you. That's part of being a fan, you know. So go out, um, scream your head off uh, for the defense. So yeah, like, yeah. I think if if we would have um, if Anthony Grant would have had uh, the stats. Uh, in the first quarter that he ended up having in the fourth quarter, I think the crowd would have been a little more into it. Um, yeah. It was just weird, but by the time Anthony Grant came around, gave us hope, and sort of sealed the deal at the end of the game, it was, we had already, everybody collectively sort of already had these feelings of, oh, God, we're Iowa. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no that, was, that was funny because, I mean, college football is officially back now, so there's – games every week that mm-hmm. you know we could talk about that we sure. saw from other teams too and that <laughs> that iowa game <laughs> oh my gosh i mean that's one of the that, ugliest football games i've ever seen man oh my gosh <laughs> I, it was it was terrible i mean yeah. i was sitting there watching it and it was just like their defense and it's really hard to tell how good their defense is because uh, look who they were playing yeah seriously like yeah. look who they're playing they were playing um South Dakota State, and uh, 
whose offense didn't look any better. Whose offense didn't look any better than Iowa's, by the way. South Dakota State did not look like that good of a football team. They looked physical. They played hard. I'll give them that. But, like, there were multiple points in that game where it was like, damn, if you're South Dakota State, you have to to go on top. Like, Iowa was giving them that game. Look, uh, they they have a couple of linebackers on that Iowa team. I forget his name. He made a big play late in that game. I I even Mm -hmm. texted you about it. Um, but he, he's a good player. I mean, uh, they have some good players on that defense. Um, it's not quite the same thing, but that team sort of reminds me of 09 Nebraska, sort of. I mean, it's just kind of like they can't, they can't get their, 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 uh, their, their offense out of the mud, but their defense is great. I mean, their defense will keep them in every game pretty much. Yeah. I mean, Again, hard to tell how good their defense actually is. Right, they do have some right, good right, guys. Right. And, I mean, it, it, look at who they're playing. There's no reason. I mean, Spencer Petras, how is he a college quarterback? Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. He's awful. I, he's and it's awful. funny. Iowa fans are like, the sky is falling right now. The sky is falling. Nepotism, fire, Brian Ferentz, all that stuff. But they'll go 8-4 and four this year. You know, like, it's, it's like, I'm confident. They'll, they'll go 7-5 and five or 9-3 and three between there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, it was just it was so funny. I mean, yeah, you yeah. score you score seven points, field goal, and two safeties. Like, yeah, how does how do you the do classic that? Iowa touchdown? That's what I was kept seeing on uh, social media. It was like that's the that's the Iowa touchdown. It's two safeties and a field goal. Hilarious, Uh-oh. man. Yeah. So no. so you so we see that game right before our game comes up, right? Yeah, we're talking and a so, bunch of crap, <laughs> and so all of a sudden we're talking a bunch of crap, and all of a sudden we're tied with an FCS opponent at halftime, and, yeah. and I, I remember texting you like, "Oh God, we're Iowa." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My gosh. So that fun that, day football, that game, though. fun day, fun yeah, day for that sure. Game, that game was good. I thought uh, I thought Notre Dame was going to have Ohio State there for a bit. Uh, yeah, like, they had yeah. the ropes. Like yep. I, I didn't watch the whole game. I kind of I stopped watching. I think when it was ten to seven, still. Right, um, right. There are lots was, of good games this weekend. Go but, West Virginia yeah. and Pitt on Thursday. That was an amazing oh, game. That was um, a great amazing game. game. And and Penn poor State, JT Purdue. Daniels. Poor JT Daniels for <laughs> West Virginia. Man, yeah. he's a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback. He, man, and um, it was funny because I I watched like the first two quarters of that game. Right. Um, yeah. And I I don't I don't remember what I had I had something to do so I watched the first two quarters of that game and I was like damn this is a damn good game J T Daniels looks good I'm glad we got Casey Thompson over Keaton Slovis because Keaton Slovis looks like a serviceable quarterback like he's not yeah. great at all he yeah. looks like Joe Gans out there that's not a slight <laughs> to him you know what I mean but like he's not a yeah. great quarterback yeah. um, so I'm glad we got Casey but anyway then I saw the highlights I remember pointing out on West Virginia and being like whoa number zero excellent receiver it was like early plays he was making in the game and in the yeah. end with the pick six i was like that was number zero. Oh my yeah. god man poor yeah. west virginia poor yeah. west virginia yeah and then penn state purdue that was a good uh, game was, as well that was just, yeah that was a slobber knocker of a game that it was yeah. and, uh, i think purdue's good man they got that middle middle aiden o'connell can throw throw the ball in the middle of the field really well and I, I think that could hurt us late late down the line I, I don't know yeah. we're, we're gonna watch all these big 10 games and sort of scout them on our way to play in these teams mm-hmm. I try to catch the games of the teams that we're gonna eventually play so that one yeah. was one that I definitely caught and Minnesota uh, Purdue impressed played. me yeah Minnesota won in you know big fashion but same I mean, with OU and same with OU yeah um I mean yeah there Michigan a, State a, had a very similar game to us. They're, we're not playing them, yeah. but Michigan State had yeah. a very similar game to us. They they were they were uh, sort of in a close sort of nail biter of a game with Western Michigan until mm-hmm. the very end when they poured it poured it on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we could get to our game because that's what we're here yeah. to talk about. Um, no, so I think that one of the things that I was uh, was giving me hope is something that we talked about in our preview, and we talked about how these teams that we pay to come and we basically pay for a win. <laughs> but they're not going in there saying, okay, we're going to lose the game. They they give you everything you got because they want to be the upset. They want mm-hmm. to win. And, you know, it's not really all that uncommon to see them hanging around with teams, especially teams that are probably sleeping and looking two weeks down the schedule at Oklahoma. You know, mm-hmm. like everyone's just locking these two wins in and going, okay, where you have to focus on Oklahoma. And it's very easy to do that. Mm-hmm. But as you're going along in the game, the, eventually the tiers and the depth and that will play to Nebraska's or like the, the more uh, 
established team into their favor. Yep. So that that was in the back of my head the whole time. I was like, okay, when is it going to happen? Because if you keep letting them in, then there's the hope factor. Yep. And the hope factor and then the choke factor, right. you have an intersecting line. Right, and that's right. when uh, Appalachian State beats Michigan. So right. You yeah. don't want to get them to the point where somebody can make a like a William Wallace speech and rally the troops at the end of the game because yeah. you know the, the, that's an intangible that happens in college football sometimes where it's like holy crap Appalachian State beat Michigan you know those types of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll give North Dakota a lot of credit. Actually, they they looked like a good team and um, yeah, like f- especially for their division. And I, I'll also say this: um, one of the encouraging things about some of these sleeper F- FCS opponents, think about it this way. They are all from pretty much the same area of the country. <laughs> the Dakotas, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. like the Big Ten country pretty much is where they're from. And mm-hmm. to me, it proves like I, I know they don't have Alabamas in their league and stuff like that. But to me, it proves you can have powerhouses in these weird areas. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. look, North Dakota was a lot like um, – the, the, I've heard them called the Nebraska of their league last year. They lost mm-hmm. a lot of close games to you know the uh, the top teams in their league. Um, so you you got to give them credit. Um, that's not an excuse for Nebraska. Look, with the amount of talent that Nebraska has, and with the amount of look, I'll say it, put it plainly, with the amount of time that Scott Frost has had here at Lincoln, uh, little things like blocking and tackling mm. need to be hammered out by now. Um, and so there, there are positives and, listen, and negatives with this game yeah. for sure. And listen, it's still the second game of the season. A lot of the time, even good teams, they have little things that they need to, you know, get back into football mode. Tackling mm-hmm. is one of those things because, you know, times have changed. They don't hit a lot in practice. They don't do full wrap-up tackling drills. It's just that's not how teams practice anymore. Um, is, it, is it, though, or is it a Mike Riley, we don't squat-ism? You know what I mean? Like, remember, remember when Mike Riley left, and we figured out the team hadn't squat for three years. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, it was like, well, it, Mike Riley's excuse was probably, well, no one lifts like that anymore. Well, no, that's the not ma- true. That's just his coaching the, style. Yes, the majority of I'm not talking about like they're not live tackling. Okay, I'm talking about like the Oklahoma kind kind of drills where sure. like, you're just sitting down. Like it, we don't, they don't do stuff like that anymore. Sure. You know, yeah. they don't just run in full force into each other. Uh, that, and that's really how you get the game type tackling in <laughs> practice. You know, yeah. you, so, you got, your, got your bell rung, go to the end of the line. And by the time you get back up, you'll be all right. <laughs> is your head ringing? No. Yeah. Yeah. See, no, I agree. That's, I mean, look, I, it, I would have to see, I mean, the only way you can really make a full judgment on something like that is you would have to see a team that you know blocks and tackles well, i.e. like an Alabama or a Georgia or an Ohio State, one of those teams, you'd Mm -hmm. have to just sit in on one of their practices, watch it, and then go look at Nebraska and see what it looks like compared. That's the only way you could really make a judgment on that, but it doesn't look like we're very physical in practice. I'm just being honest. It doesn't look like it. Um, Certain people are. Look, everyone wants to rag on the offensive line. Um, for, you know, just bad play. But here's the mm-hmm. thing, like, there's more to it than just, oh, this offensive lineman sucks and he whiffed on this guy. There's much more to it than that. Um, like, there was a play, look, uh, Omar Manning was, was, uh, was, uh, uh, in in sort of a pulling guard role for certain, for, yeah. <laughs> for certain um, run schemes that we were doing. And, yeah. like, he scored at 87.5 which was the highest blocking score on the entire offense for the game. Really? Omar Manning. <laughs> yeah. And and so it's, yeah. So it's like, I mean, okay. It, yeah. He only and had he, one whiff. He only had one whiff. And the one whiff was yeah. like a really obvious whiff that actually everyone, if you just saw the play, everyone was like, oh, our line sucks. But it was actually, he whiffed on his block, believe it or not. He did. He he, he completely whiffed. Mm-hmm. But that one most AG part, got was, caught in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And But for the most part, he was blocking like, really well on same on with that, chancellor that man thing yeah. same with chancellor yeah. man chancellor can block i want that dude on the field man i like yeah. chancellor brewington a lot and listen like he uh he could have had a really good catch that was uh, uh, what what quarter was that was that in the second where uh, uh, it was uh, like a targeting it should have been targeting oh yeah yeah yeah. i remember that but they, yeah but they they picked it up 
Yes, um, but I, I remember mean, he, that he he got his bell rung there. Well, he so. blocked well all game. Yeah. He blocked well all game. I mean, a lot of those big runs. If you watch the play, look look back at most of the big runs. It was pretty much a key block by either Chancellor Brewington or Omar on a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's an encouraging to see some schematic things that they're doing um, to put mm-hmm. some of their best athletes sort of one-on-one with some of these key blocks, especially dudes that they, they know they can do it. Um, so you got to look at things like that. And on blown-up plays, sometimes it's not – like there was a play where – I watched a play where it was a – I think it was a sack. It was, it was the sack on Casey that wasn't a fumble. Um, where he got wrecked in the first quarter, um, they mm-hmm. had Ben Hart. They had Ben Hart and Prohashka on the same side, um, and North Dakota rushed four. And Ben Hart at first was over with Prohashka, like giving him support, and then like he just he just like moved into the middle. It was like okay, he's good. And as soon as Ben Hart moved into the middle, like the the dude on the outside did like an inside move, and like boom, was right at the quarterback because Ben Hart just turned away from him. So yeah. little things like that. It's it's not like our offensive linemen are on skates like they were last year. That's the encouraging thing I see. It's not necessarily like our offensive linemen are on, on skates. Like a lot of the time last year, it felt like they were on skates. Yeah. A lot of the time, it's little assignment things or technique things here and there. It's not necessarily a big overhaul fix that's needed. Yeah. That's one of the encouraging I mean, things to me. They, they have to do a lot better about learning how to block stunts. Because um, yeah. right now, they are just getting like so confused by it. And mm-hmm. listen, I was never an offensive lineman. Um, I, I don't know what that entails. Um, it's probably really hard. <laughs> There's a reason people do stunts. Um, but, right. you know, it, it's working more than it's uh, not. So, Right. Well, it's, it's also sort of hard to tell just by looking at film because you never know what the offensive lineman's actual assignment was. You don't know what True. the play – you know what I mean? So when I say Ben Hart, like, should have supported him, I mean, maybe – but maybe his job was what he was doing, and it was actually Pro- Prohaska's fault. Um, yeah. Who knows? It's just who knows. But that's just a little thing I saw. There was a package. They literally had both tackles on one side. <laughs> I was like, that was a weird package, man. It's like this unbalanced line thing that they're doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to talk so, about in this game, though. Yeah, so I'm just going to run through some stats here. Um, so we had 26 first downs. Uh, they had 18. Um uh, we had uh, 244 rush yards, 193 pass yards. We gave up uh, 175 rush and 131 pass. They had 70 plays on offense for 306 yards, and we had 62 for 437. So, and most of those plays that they had, I mean, it's not really our offense's fault, but that first drive they had and just – they were able, North Dakota was, just able to really grind down that clock. And, our, I mean, I think it was easy to blame the offense because we only had seven points. And, honestly, every time you got the ball on a team like that, with how much talent you have, you should be scoring every time. But Yeah, they only got they the ball have the ball in the first half. Yeah, they only yeah. got the ball four possessions in the first half. And one of them was, like, a sack, ended in a sack. One of them ended in, like, a strip sack fumble yeah um yeah and, and so it was just like uh yeah we weren't efficient with our drives in that first quarter at all i will say this just in a big picture thing it wasn't as ugly of a game as the iowa game we were talking about Mm-mm. we were talking about it like just at halftime very emotionally but if you look at the actual game like it was decent football that was being played we were just getting manhandled on the lines of scrimmage that's mm-hmm. that's early actually early we were getting yeah. manhandled that's that was the problem with it yeah, and I think it was definitely the first half, the classic um, overlooking the team and then them coming out and executing their game plan because um, mm-hmm. that is what they wanted to do. It, it mm-hmm. really is. Um, and we had to have our guys step up and, you know, make plays and, you know, say, hey, yeah, we're playing football. Uh, we have to still go out and win even though we're expected to. Uh, mm-hmm. you, have to you have to grit your teeth and you have to do it. And, you know, uh, to that point, second half, we saw some dudes on defense start to separate themselves and make plays. Mm-hmm. You know that we did. And, yeah, like Nelson, it, he he was like, "All right, I have to, you know, I have to back up my screaming now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. to back up my fire." And mm-hmm. he he had a great game. Uh, Tanner mm-hmm. 
and he had some great plays. And even Oshan, um, he he had one play that was really funny. It was on the third down conversion, I think it was. And he thought he, uh, we had talked about this, like he had a free line to the quarterback uh, <laughs> and like, but he, but he, the quarterback had rolled out. So he thought he had, like already threw the ball. So he turned yeah. around to start running and we're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you're, like, you're oh, running dude. the wrong way, bro. He's over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw but, that. But, and I was like, I was like, that was just a brain fart play. Cause he had a sack. He had a sack yeah. on that play. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, he's, he is, he is real quick. And yeah, he, he is. is always chasing down the ball. Like, and he had he had a few really really great plays. Yeah, um, how so many tackles did he have? Do you have access to that? I, I wonder because he had ten tackles. La- yeah, because he because he had ten tackles last time, um, six assisted, four solo, which which was like heads and shoulders the most of the whole D line, if you could call them that. But it just shows to me that that he's fast. That's really the Mm -hmm. biggest thing that it shows to me that he can pursue and that he's fast, which is, you know, everything we've heard about him, um, everything we've heard about him. But, yeah, you know, it's never bad to have a 6'4", you know, 245-pound edge rusher who can can make good moves, get to the quarterback, and and pursue the ball as well. That's the other thing is pursuing the ball. Sometimes those edge rushers can be a little bit of a (laughs) – can be a bit of a a, 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 – sort of a, you know, a attention-seeking position. Let's just put it that way. Sometimes, mm-hmm. especially, in, especially in college, okay? Especially in college. Not, talk, not talking about NFL edge rushers. If you're a legit edge rusher in the NFL, you're a, an insanely good football player pretty much. Um, but yeah. in college, sometimes you get these guys that have insane intangibles. They're long as hell. They're fast. They got good moves. But they think that, like, you know what I mean? That's like, well, my job's to get to the quarterback. I ain't gonna pursue, and we don't have those types of guys. You know what I mean? We no. just don't have those types of guys. Uh, yeah. Our our dudes pursue, especially in the second half. They uh, they were really getting to the ball a lot better. Um, just as a unit, holy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just noticed a lot uh, noticed a lot more red shirts, um, around the ball at, at each tackle. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I guess we could go uh, from position group to position group, starting with the edges, since that's that's what we're talking about. So Um, it looks like – I'm just trying to look up some quick stats here. Um, No, you're good. It says uh, Nelson had eight tackles. uh, Wow, much better. One tackle for for loss. One sack. Um, Yeah, one sack. Uh, Luke Reimer. Sack fumble. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Gifford. Eight. Um, let me try to find Oshan here. Yeah, no, I mean Garrett oh, yeah. played a lot better, man. Garrett played a lot better. I mean, it's an FCS opponent. Let's 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 really put everything into perspective with that because mm-hmm. it's he's going to see a lot better tackles. I mean, but look, in my mind, he probably already saw the best tackle he's going to see all year. Peter Skronsky would start on pretty much every Big Ten team, uh, yeah. probably on every team in the nation. To be honest with you, Peter Skronsky would start. Um, mm-hmm. and Northwestern has such a knack. They have such a knack for getting these dudes that have so much potential and just developing them over four years and making them an all American by the time they graduate. They are such a good team at that, man. You got to give props to Pat, Pat Fitzgerald on that end. Um, yeah. Anyway, I thought Garrett so, and the edges generally played a lot better, man. So, so, so yeah, Garrett had eight titles, uh, total. Uh, six solo, one tackle for loss, one sack. Uh, and then uh, Caleb Tanner had five tackles, three solo. Um, win. Oh, oh wow. look at that. Win. <laughs> win had four. Win. Yeah. Stefan Win had four tackles, uh, three solo. Uh, Colton Feast had three tackles. Uh, two solo. Uh, Oshan, he's only credited for two tackles. Uh, really? See, two, that surprises here, me. Here it is: two tackles, uh, one sack, one tackle for loss. So okay, okay. That's so it was like it. he was very efficient with those two tackles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that's why it felt like he had more of an impact, even though he had ten tackles last time. Um. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of kind of interesting, but yeah, I thought our edges looked a lot better, especially in the second half. But look, mm-hmm. this it, and it's funny because I got to give myself 
props, to be honest. I got to give myself and this podcast props. We talked about the D line pre preseason. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me, as one of our biggest concerns, and um, specifically in the run blocking or in the run run uh, run stopping aspect of of the D line, mm-hmm. and it's shown. It's it's reared its ugly head here her, yep. early on, and and that is I would say the number one thing that our defense needs to work on is yeah. the front seven in 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 running situations because if you can make them pass, if you can put them into passing situations and make them pass, you know what I actually have a lot of confidence in our defense. Believe it or not, I I think that our especially our secondary they're young but they're athletic. And yeah. I think they're going to come around, especially when it, when they're not having to worry about run support constantly, and if our defensive line can rush the quarterback. Those are those are all the things. But if we can stop the run, those other things will fall in line. That's just how it works. And yeah, so I do like agree with you about the run thing with the uh, with the D line. Uh, and honestly, I I haven't seen enough of the defensive secondary to be concerned about them yet because most of the time when both of these teams have had time to pass and when you have time to pass you can't cover people forever and it's very 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 hard to cover somebody for as long as that we're giving them so i think most of the time so far as what we've seen and this could easily be just thrown out to the wind next week but uh most of the time it's because the defensive line is not getting enough pressure and they're not getting home yep um so yep some of it d-line 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 falls into place everything else will d-line falls into place everything else will and that's on on the both the run and and the pass i mean look that's just how football works you know the front of your team is your line of scrimmage and everything else flows from that um like we saw, look, like we saw yesterday with, uh, or was it yesterday? Yeah, Sunday. Like we saw yesterday with, uh, uh, with the, the, the blocks that we were talking about with the pulling, uh, with the skill players acting as pulling guards. I mean, mm-hmm. it just takes one thing, man. And then all of a sudden you got playmakers, you know what I mean? Like your, your whole line does your job, boom. And all it takes is a second and a half on a run play for them to do their job. And then all of a sudden, Anthony Grant is 10 yards down the field. That's the beauty about what we've discovered about this team yesterday. Um, and I, I guess we yeah. could transition um, to sort of sort of that. It was Anthony Grant. Um, Anthony Grant is a playmaker. He is a playmaker. Um, Just the, he's everything vision, I hoped he would be. Everything I hoped his, he would be. His vision uh, running is it's one of those things you can't teach. Right. Um, Agreed. You know, just the way he sees like a hole that might not be there. Um, and he gets it there. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, he has really good uh, visioning for running back and some of his jump cuts, uh, on his touchdown run. Uh, I I think the one in the second half, his little jump cut. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. And Brewington was the read block and he, he, he ran beautifully at it. So what he did Mm -hmm. and what you do on that play is when you get a pulling guard, type player um and that's that's your read man you're following him most of the time through the block you're gonna you're gonna watch him engage and you're gonna figure out whether it the cut is left or whether the cut is right you know what i mean because mm-hmm. plays develop differently sometimes the cut will be left sometimes the cut will be right and and uh, on that particular play he was real patient behind chance and chance laid a beautiful block i mean just a beautiful mm-hmm. block hands inside Beautiful technique. I really like Chance. I, I can't say that enough. I, I want him on the field, especially with Travis yeah. out. Anyway, mm-hmm. and Anthony, Anthony Grant just did a beautiful job. Ran right behind his butt and, and, read, and read, the, read the run beautifully. Jump cut to the outside and all of a sudden green right in front of him. And he's got the speed mm-hmm. to make a, make a play like that happen. We got a really good – I believe we, we got a really good little um, – taste of what our running back room can be with the one-two punch because i thought the freshman or aj allen looked really good as well he hits the hole hard um yeah didn't have quite as flashy of a game as as anthony obviously but uh mm-hmm. still looked great um another and, and listen and we, we still have like really good guys in that room like mm-hmm. guys that we know are good like ramir johnson he was on the plate like field for like one play did didn't you see what he tweeted ball. no what did he tweet 
he tweeted uh, like right after the game, and he deleted it since. I just want to make that known, which means he probably tweeted it, and then a couple hours later, was like, probably shouldn't have tweeted that, and then got rid of it. But he tweeted just a gif of a dog looking all sad behind jail bars. It was like poking its nose through through like prison bars. Oh. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. He was he was he was the running back room last year. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, him and Yan. Like put Yan in for like short yardage, but Rier was was the workhorse, mm-hmm. and he proved himself, and he worked on it. Like he earned it. He earned that, and you know, <sighs> he has to get on the field somehow. I agree with you. But I think I think I think just. Uh, a spoiled of riches in terms of skill players is what we have now. Um, and I'd like, take that. Yeah, I'd take that any day I, over no depth. I, you I, know I, what I mean? Take, yeah, no, i take it too. But, like, I, 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 and there's nobody, I'm like, I don't think he should be on the field except Wyatt Lever. Um, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe him. Uh, yeah, he proved him it, bro. I'm not trying to. Uh, we're not doing it to try to degrade or or shit talk any players. We love this team, but mm-hmm. God, what a bonehead play! Uh, we don't even really need to talk about it because it doesn't deserve us talking about it. To be honest, just what a bonehead play! What a bonehead play, man! <laughs> Everyone who's listening to this knows what we're talking about, bro. <laughs> what a bonehead got, play! And we got lucky. Um, yes, we did. It was their ball, in my opinion. They should have yeah. given it to them just because, just because he was a bonehead out there yeah. on the on that punt when he touched the ball. In case you don't know what we're talking about, no. Um, no yeah. But, uh, anyway, we're talking about our running Marcus, backs. Yeah, well, uh, not just our running backs and our receivers. Skill players. Yeah, skill players like, generally, right? Mike Marcus Washington, that dude has really great body control and very strong hands. He's very mm-hmm. smooth, like. Mm-hmm. He just like that one catch he made on the sideline, and they called it incomplete. And he was very much so complete. Yeah, I and I couldn't believe just... he completed it. Like I, in real time, I was like, oh, that that might have been incomplete too. But then I saw the replay and was like, oh my god. Yeah, he can catch, yeah. man. He can catch. I see it. I see why he impressed them um, right off the bat, and I see why he's playing, mm-hmm. even though he was he's only been in Nebraska for you know three months or whatever. Um, yeah. he's good. Um, he's good. Uh, our Trey skill Palmer. positions are good. Trey Palmer does have the, uh, he, he, he's, he's gonna be, he's gonna be good, uh, yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's a clutch guy. And yeah. he got underthrown again twice. Twice. Yeah. Twice. twice. Yeah. It made good and plays on both of them. It made, made it, yeah, I made good plays. Uh, the one that he got an interference on, that was just a walk in touchdown. Yep. Yep. It was just walk right in. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like because I watched Casey throw the deep ball last year, and he was he was pretty good at it. Um, to be honest, I didn't I didn't see what what you saw in that regard. That was the weak part of his game, from what I noticed, was his deep throws. Um, he's good at intermediate and out routes. He's good at throwing to the flat. He's efficient. He's got great footwork, but that's the weak part of his game is is flow, is pushing it down the field. To be honest, I was comparing to. Uh, our current quarterback at the time and i was like okay <laughs> at least at least they're not like having to like wait on the ball do you yeah. know what i mean i was like sometimes it was always it puts too overthrown much under it yeah it was it was always overthrown right. and i was like okay i would much rather have that than them sitting there waiting because that's more a dangerous throw and 100 lo and behold yeah <laughs> yeah a couple of those plays uh, look like adrian plays 100 percent. a couple yeah. of those plays look like adrian plays and i'm not trying to knock him at all no um, no but, but he didn't play as good of a game as he did the first game let's say that i mean it definitely wasn't as efficient or good of a performance now it's hard again when you don't know the scheme and you don't know everybody's job you can watch film and guess <laughs> you know what i mean but ultimately you don't really know what they were supposed to do so it's hard to really put anything on any one player um but yeah, it definitely was a tougher day for Casey out there than that I, first game. I do know one thing about Scheme that this team I don't <laughs> think they can do is just run straight up the middle. Yeah, man. All of, all of the all of the runs came from um, either traps or uh, outside zone uh, handoffs, uh, pulls, like sweeps, like that. That that's kind of like you know get it, get everything moving, get everything moving. Let me ask you this. Find our... Let me let me ask you this because it's sort of in line with what I want to talk about next. It's, it's, it's so the first game I I saw the play sheet. 
I saw Scott had a play sheet at Northwestern, but it was in his back pocket the whole game. If you were watching the game the other day, there were moments in that game where Scott's play sheet was out, and he was standing right next to Whipple talking about something. Um, mm-hmm. And it just makes me wonder, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you think that – who do you think was calling the plays? Well, do you think it was collaborative well, or what? Well, well, I mean, if you listen to a lot of other like Nebraska pundits, it's a foregone conclusion that Scott was calling the plays. And, you know, I think just in terms of how the offense – and the types of plays they were running compared to all of last week and the first half this week, uh, there might be a little something to that. Do I Fair. think that he just said, Whipple, I, I'm, I'm taking over? Um, no. I think that it was more collaborative, and they were kind of like saying, like, oh, what, all right, let's try this. Let's try this. I, I think it was more so that. Right. Well, because the, the, the narrative I've sort of heard people try to form is that, the offense sucked in the first half, and that's when Whipple was calling the plays. Then the offense got good in the second half, and we called a bunch of runs, and that was Frost calling all those runs. That mm-hmm. kind of seemed like the assumption that everyone was making when they were talking about this. Um, yeah. And my thoughts are, watch. I, I watched a film breakdown of the game, a couple of the highlights of the game. Watch, watch A.J. Allen's touchdown run. It's not a mm-hmm. Frost concept. The, the run mm-hmm. is not a Frost. It's an NFL-style zone concept. And and that's a Whipple play. I mean, that's a total mm-hmm. Whipple play. So Frost could have called it, but they're still using collaborative concepts at the very least. Yeah. Um, no, what, what, and, and people think that because they were like started to bring in some of those motion option type things. Like sure, they, like they ran the option, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and it worked. But, and it guess it worked. I mean, yeah. And, I mean, Casey is, is uh, not as fast as I thought, but he's serviceable. So. Yeah, he's serviceable. He's not. He's not yeah. bad. He can. He can get out of situations if he needs yeah. it. I mean, but he needs an open field to work with. You know what I mean? He. He. Yeah. he does, he's not going to make uh, make a bunch of moves and evade a bunch of defenders, but um, he can if he needs to. But he's not Anthony Grant. He's not. Uh, you know, Adrian Martinez even. Um, mm-hmm. But but anyway, uh, so the play calling with Frost and Whipple, that's sort of something interesting I noticed on the sideline was, Fro- like I said, Frost yeah. call sheet out, sitting there talking to Whipple, so- sort of collaborating is what it looked like. Uh, the other thing was Gabe Irvin comes into the game. Gabe Irvin comes into the game, uh, one of the drives. And look, Gabe Irvin has said this in interviews that he is a rhythm runner. Okay. Mm-hmm. He has said this in interviews. He's like, it, it sometimes takes me a couple of plays to really find my rhythm and start feeling, you know, feeling good and feeling, you know. Yeah. And and they put him in the game late in the game. That, that and It just kind of felt like, oh, well, we were planning on playing you today because this is North Dakota and we still want to play you. So here, play. And it was just like, yeah. you're bringing a dude out into the, the field cold. He hasn't played the first game psychologically, I don't know what's going on in his head because of what's been when ha- been happening. It's just unfortunate. You're talking about like the depth and the and the luxury of the depth that we have at these skill positions. And I feel like Scott is sort of in between a rock and a hard place because he has good relationships with the players, it seems like. Um, and he wants, you know, he wants them to play. Mm-hmm. The guys who have deserved to play, he wants them to play. But look, at the end of the day, Scott is coaching for his job. Scott is coaching for his job mm-hmm. right now, and the best players that give us the best chance, no matter what, need to be out on the field. I'm not saying Gabe doesn't give us a chance. I think Gabe's a damn good running back. I think we'd probably be just fine mm-hmm. with Gabe, to be honest with you. But Anthony Grant, the, some of the cuts and plays he's making and, and, and are just yeah. kind of like, okay, we haven't seen that here in a long time. We haven't seen that here in a long time, uh, including mm-hmm. Gabe. I'll say that, including Gabe. I mean, look, Gabe didn't look bad. He looked good. He looked very good. Um, but we never really saw him get a chance to really even have a game yeah. like Anthony Grant had yesterday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anthony Grant had a, the type of game yesterday that a running back here has not had in a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah so, um, well, Ramirez Johnson had a game like that against Michigan last year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's why it's tough, um, man. Uh, that's why it's tough. Did you see Ramirez got in? Say, he got in a play. Yeah. Yeah. And he got. Didn't he get like steamrolled? They were gonna give him a screen. And yeah, got they, yeah, and Casey, I think, got targeted or something, and he was pissed. No, no, it was that was no, the, it was that was a different play. Grounding. Yeah, that's right. No, 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 no. That was with AJ. That was with AJ Allen. No, no, okay. no. it was a screen, but but Casey threw it in the wrong place and it got tipped. That's what it was. 
it was a screen, but Casey threw it in the wrong place and it got tipped. And there was so much green. Like, if he would have just floated the ball just a little bit over the defender, like, Ramir would have been able to run under it and would have had so much green to work with. It was so unfortunate because it's like you you look at a player like Ramir and you just want him to have a play. Just give him a play that proves – like, he deserves to be out there with this team, not last year's team, this team, this year. Yeah. They need him. Um, yeah. and, he, and he hasn't had and, that yet. I mean, and, like, I don't know if you watched uh, Scott's post game. Um, I did, yeah. But, I mean, he, he came up, and uh, you could tell it is, like, it's kind of weighing on Scott. Like, he wants, yeah. him, to, he wants him to get in somehow. Um, well, but, also because yeah. of, I mean, look, I'm not – pointing any fingers on anything as far as what's said to the media but the media was led okay about the running back situation the media was led we were all led about the running back situation meaning we were uh, all expecting Ramirez and Gabe to have a big impact to the point where mm-hmm. like we've talked about if you're a player not that you're paying attention to it all the time but you probably catch a media session from your coach here and there no doubt about mm-hmm. it especially if you hear they said something about you um, and so you hear you're, if you're Ramirez and you're Gabe, oh, these dudes are the, you know, the best football players we got on the team. They're, they're team players. We love them. We're going to find ways to get them on the field, all this stuff. And then two games in <laughs> and a, a different name has established himself as the number one running back. And yeah. it's sort of undeniable. If you're Scott, it's well, just okay, a tough so situation. Here's, here's something else I'm going to uh, pose to you. Um, cause this happened last year. And I don't know why, but the first couple games, it was always just like on offense, especially. Um, it was t- kind of time to dip their toes in the water, find rhythm just on the basic offense, the schemes, offense of this. Then when you got into like starting the Oklahoma game and on, they started really mixing it up a lot and throwing mm-hmm. in stuff we hadn't seen before because they were like, okay, it's Oklahoma. Now we have to really get into it. You're right. Do you think that happens again? Like, no. Do you think you you don't think that is when like they just throw Ramirez in at slot? Like, <laughs> so you no. have like Ramirez, Trey, and like just have like different packages that they're rotating and doing all that crap. No, it could be. <laughs> I, uh, I think that that is a funny mentality, but it's sort of a. Um, I, I don't mean this in a demeaning way. It's sort of a mentality that I would think about like if I was 12 <laughs> because no, yeah. it's just sort of like we're saving it for the big team. It's like that's not yeah. really how it works. They got to work on everything. Like you don't just save it for the big team. You know, you know what I mean? What's his face? You know Husk guys on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, he, he tweeted lots of people complaining about uh, play calling yesterday. Did any of you stop and think that maybe Frost and Whipple are holding off to, on to the, all of the good plays until Oklahoma and they are willing to lose a couple games just to not show the full arsenal? It's called playing chess. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's sort of how I feel about that. It's, uh, it's sort of tongue-in-cheek. I don't think they would actually do that. <laughs> I, I wish. Know, I, That'd I, be I great. <laughs> And I don't think it's something that they do intentionally. Like, no. like, I think it's like some things just aren't ready yet and they're not comfortable putting it in the mm-hmm. game. But it, uh, it's happened a couple times under Frost now um, where they, you know, start to get into the meat of the season and they start throwing different concepts in that start working. Uh, so yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, who it's a knows? I'll tell you this. As far as I mean, we'll briefly touch on this. We'll do. We're going to do a full full preview when that game comes around, obviously. But I'll tell you this. I think that um, Northwestern's O line is a thousand times better than Oklahoma's. I'm just being honest. Like Oklahoma's the best team in the Big Twelve, probably right, like skill wise. But Big Twelve O lines just don't scare me, man. They just don't scare me like Big Ten O lines do. Like they they just don't. Yeah. Big Ten O line is a whole different thing. Like Oshawn will tell or Oshawn will tell you, man. Oshawn will tell you. Oshawn has felt both. He has now felt both. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee that Northwestern O line was probably the best O line he's ever gone against. Um, think about it. He was at TCU at the Big Twelve. I mean, they didn't play any SEC teams when he was there. I don't think. I have to look at their schedule. They could have played. They could have played Alabama. I don't played. know. Well, they could have. They could have played somebody in a bowl too because he's sure a couple times. you play a sec team play a play play a big 10 team anyway my point being i don't think that 
I don't think that uh, they'll be able to. It, I don't think they'll be able to impose their will on us in the run game, especially uh, like Northwestern did, just because of how good uh, how good Northwestern's O line is, and the fact it was the first game of the year, going overseas, all this stuff. I, my only point being about Oklahoma, and then we'll move on. I just don't. I'm not scared of their own line. Like I think our D line needs to improve, and I think they could definitely could murder us if if we don't show mm-hmm. up. But I, I just think we've already seen a better O line, and I think that's good psychologically for our guys. And I think you can only improve in the next two weeks until that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Co- so to, North Dakota. To your, to your point. To but to your point about Gabe Irvin too. Uh, so there, here's the rushing breakdown. Uh, Anthony Grant had 23 carries for 189 yards. Uh, two touchdowns as long as being that 46 yard run um, good game aj allen had 11 carries for 58 yards and uh, one touchdown and longest being that 14 then the only other running back on here uh gabe Irvin, one carry uh negative one yard Ugh. so Ugh. like you yeah and running back is a rhythm position anyway it is you pound it, is. it pound it pound it yeah. pound it break Total. like that that's how yep. it, that's how it works so yep. so getting one carry doesn't, doesn't really anthony help. grant uh, had the most yards of any running back all weekend except for chase brown for illinois and they lost illinois lost yeah indiana beat him Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, Indiana beat him, reason. but Chase Brown had yeah. 199 yards. He's good back. Um, yeah. But that, my point is, Anthony Grant had the most yards of any running back yesterday. We're talking about a day where Alabama played a patty cake team. We're talking about a day where you know yeah. what I mean. Like that's there's something to be said with that. Like 189. You know, if you got that in NCAA 2009, you'd be like, ah, eh, pretty good. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, pretty, pretty good. good. You know I what I mean? It's, it. Yeah, so it's it's not like quite video game numbers, but it's definitely yeah. a really good really good game for sure. I mean, yeah. So here's a funny stat that I just kind of did the math on. So Casey Thompson got sacked so many times, but they count towards your rushing yards, right? So <laughs> Casey Thompson, six rushes, negative two yards, but his longest run was that 14-yard run. Then uh. he had another 11-yard run, but he got sacked that bad so many times (laughs) along that line there is one play i want to talk about casey thompson draw play it was on either the first down or second down casey thompson had a draw and and got like 12 yards and it was a nice positive play and then they called holding and the holding was on nate borkature who who we could talk about if you want, but the holding was on Nate Borkature, who yeah. all he did was it was like he was like on the ground and Casey was 10 yards down the field from him. And he was like, let me just get up real quick and grab this guy's, guy's jersey and then get back down again. It was, like, it was such a ticky tack little holding call. Like it was it a bad, wasn't... like to me, it was a ticky tack call, but it was also a dumb play by Nate. Like there was no need for that. There was just no need. It ruined the drive. Yeah, it seemed more like a reactionary human thing to do Total than an actual did. football yep. thing yep. to do. You yep. know, totally like, did. And, and and it didn't affect the play and at all, like, <laughs> at all. It didn't even affect the guy that they called holding on. Like he didn't get turned. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't like. I I, I don't know. It was, Again, it these was, are kids. I don't want to talk too much mess about them, but I, I'm not sold on Borkager. Let's just put it that way. Not sold yeah. on Borkager. Dude he, he has dropped a lot of. Dude had. Caught a wide open ball that was thrown right to him. Good, good job. You're a tight end. That's what you're supposed to do. I'm just being honest. Uh, he he's dropped too many to, to, for me. Yeah. He's dropped too many. I don't care if Chance is only six two. Look at how he plays. You know what I mean? Look at how he plays. You can rely on that guy. Now, I'm not the coach. I don't know how many snaps Chancellor Brewington is good for. But while Travis yeah. is out and while we don't have Fedoni yet, we need a guy in there who can play and who is reliable. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's Chancellor Brewington at this point. Yeah. Uh, can't say enough good things about how I thought he played yesterday. Yeah. Or we could just put Ramirez Johnson at tight end. 
Or Omar Manning. That's basically what he was playing yesterday. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Chance has already proved like you don't have to be the biggest, tallest guy in the world to get the get the job done. You know, yeah. might as well get yeah. a couple other guys in that rotation. <laughs> put put, I mean, put no. Jack Yant out there. <laughs> He's big enough; he could play for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 a guy we didn't see yesterday at all. Um, well, look, but, you know. Jock Yant on that pulling guard play. Think about that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm not saying you you put him at the wide receiver position permanently or you put him at that tight end position permanently, but in those concepts, you know what I mean? Like little gadget. Yeah. Like, imagine Yant busting through the middle and and finding the linebacker and putting him on his ass every play. I mean, he could do it. He could do it, no doubt. And guess what? Especially when he doesn't have to worry about not dropping the football. When he doesn't got the football in his hand, I bet he could truck okay. people out there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just being honest, Shock. If you're if you're one of our twelve listeners, I'm just being honest, Shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. but lots of good from no, yesterday. Lots of good. Yeah, lots of good. And I really think it, it was one of the things that, like, more so looking over the team, um, and then the the, the team themselves coming out and performing what they needed to do than it is uh we are terrible we suck like, i haven't seen enough like we have too much talent on the team for that to be the case yeah um and now if if we come out and play the same against georgia southern they're going to beat us um potentially they, they will they no they will uh they, they have a good quarterback they have a good quarterback yeah i know coventry he's he's uh he's good man i mean look as far we'll and we'll preview the game fully when it when it comes around to it. But as far as as that goes, I mean, we have the talent to wipe them off the off the face of the earth for for one Saturday, you know, <laughs> pretty much. And I, and honestly, that's what this team needs going into yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, they need, they need they need a game like that. Uh, they need a game like a Northern Illinois. A couple of years ago, or when we lost Western last year. <laughs> no, 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 it, it, no. In Frost's tenure, when, okay, when okay, we kicked okay. the crap out of them. Okay, um, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So we need a game like that, or a game like, uh, uh, I guess, yeah, Northwestern last year. Um, we need a just, game where no one is nervous for pretty much any of the game and that we score a lot of touchdowns and look good and that the Saturday can just be a celebration of Nebraska football for Nebraska fans and everyone being positive. That's all we need. We need one week of that. And then the, yeah. then the season gets reset. Then when the yeah. season's reset, it's like, if you're the, the interior D line, you're like, well, well, I, I've already forgotten the fact that I'm getting pancaked on my ass every other play. Let's go play. Mm-hmm. We have support. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? And, you know, um, and I'm going to call out uh, the Husker faithful. Yeah, I'll need to step it up. Like, yeah. I'm being louder from my couch in Florida uh, than you guys were in the stadium yesterday. So, yeah, that stadium was dead. Know, but like I said, it man, dead. it's a weird time for Husker football. It's a weird time for Husker it is. football. And but no, it's not the kids' fault. No, and nobody really knows what to think. Nobody really knows what to think because everyone likes Scott. No one hates Scott as a person, I don't think. I mean, probably somebody does, but from my knowledge, it's not like people hate Scott. They're just like, look at how much he's lost. You know what I mean? And this is a guy, this is a guy who led Nebraska as a quarterback to a national championship, which was their most recent national championship. And so the last memory they have of this guy before he came into into town to be the coach is leading them to the promised land. It's just confusing. It's confusing because uh, you want to root for him. You do want to root for him. Yeah. Uh, everyone does. Uh, even if you want him to, to be fired, it's still like, man, I still want this team to do well. These are good guys. You know, you can't really root against them. It's just, it's a sort of a cognitive dissonance thing where it's like, the how I feel about this team is not matching the play that I'm watching on the field. You know, what I, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's sort of been like that for a little bit. And I think a lot of people at this point are just fatigued. They're just tired. They're just tired of all they, this. They want to have a big marquee win. More just something definitive to give us yeah. something to cling to that, that's positive at all. I really yeah, do think that. A, it's been a very long time since we've actually gone out and just beat a team that we weren't supposed to. Right, right. Well, like we talked about, Forget beat a team that we weren't weren't supposed to beat a team. 
beat a team. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, shoot, man, this is our first podcast we're doing that's post a game that we won. Yeah. I mean, think about that. We've been doing this podcast for about a year at this point. We have, yeah, you know, probably it. 30 episodes. <laughs> there was like, a point. There was a point during that game when I was just like, you know, I think it might be our podcast. I think we might need to just quit and start winning. <laughs> I see why you thought that because it's man, we went on a seven game losing streak right as we started this podcast, man. Yeah. I mean, it was seven game losing streak, and yeah. you know, I, I I still think that the season is salvageable, even when it comes to Scott's job status. Even when it comes to that. I think that the season is salvageable um, regardless of Scott's job status, to be honest, mm-hmm. because I think that there's enough positive on, on, on that gets translated through the screen. And coaches do watch games, especially when they're, when, when they're on uh, the, the short list for a team and they know it, when they're getting contacted mm-hmm. for a job. They'll definitely watch, watch games. I mean, look, that's why Whipple came here. I guarantee yeah. Whipple wasn't watching film on Nebraska while he was leading Pitt's offense last year. But as soon as he mm-hmm. gets contacted by Scott, he watches and he's like, well, Dan, they lost a lot of games, but these dudes have a lot of talent. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I almost guarantee that's the reason he came came here is because is he was like, well, we can win games. Uh, and yeah. And uh, and Mickey, um, he saw like some guys that we had and he was like, I can develop those guys and I can bring mm-hmm. them some more. Yep. Like, Same can, can be really said about Mickey. This. You're right. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's um, my point. A head coaching candidate will see that. They'll see that. Look, you take this team like I'm not I don't want to theorize about this to be honest because it's it's at this point it's like we can't do anything about it and all we're doing is adding to the feeling about this and the zeitgeist, but I will say one thing. It's like even <laughs> if you're a opposing head coach or somebody who's going to be hired for this job, you look at the film, you're like, "Well, damn, if I'm going to take this team from Scott Frost, they have a lot of talent." This ain't this this ain't going to be a four-year rebuild. This is a year no. or two, you know? Yeah. Uh, like and it's that a, wasn't necessarily the case when Scott took over. Right. They need fundamentals yeah. and one, one really good recruiting class, and they can have an incredible team, straight up. Yeah. They need fundamentals and one sort of top 15 recruiting class, top 20, top yeah. 15, really good, solid, especially in the trenches. And then they'll be good, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, look at look I at Florida. Watched, watched, look yeah. at Florida. Did you watch that game yesterday? Florida looks no, great. I saw man. the highlights. Yeah, they looks great, man. Yeah. And the, and 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 then look, you look at how good they look, and then you look at their recent recruiting classes, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. there's a direct correlation. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they've had yeah, good recent recruiting Mullen classes. Got fired too too soon. There, I think he's a good coach. Yeah, I agree. But they uh, got Billy Napier. Coach, but, I mean, Billy Napier. No, I mean, he's sprinkled with magic yeah. dust, bro. He was on that 2015 yeah. Alabama staff. That whole staff is like is like a Belichick coaching tree, but in college, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Um, all right, one more thing, and then we're gonna get out of here. Yeah, uh, I'm really glad that that's, uh, that squib kick was a squib kick and not a <laughs> kick try. Uh, and it was just because that's what it looked like. It didn't look like they're trying to do an onside kick, but yeah, that was. Uh, I texted Dad was... something right after they did that, like because I knew he was at the Houston game, right, and he was just kind of reading my texts for updates on any games. And I texted Dad right after they did that, and I was like, "Nebraska just kicked another onside kick." Dot dot dot. I wish I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sick oh. joke, but once I got the explanation, I'm like, "Oh, okay, it was an attempted squib." Which yeah, it was an attempted squib, which is a routine play on on yeah. essentially. They got a fifteen yard penalty. Um, they were they were going to try to squib kick it and pin them, which is that's mm-hmm. a routine special teams play, and and it was just kicked bad. To be honest, that's yeah. all that happened. Yeah, and <laughs> and the uh, yeah yeah yeah. I'm really glad. I had a thought. I was like, because it, it was all over the news because we were the one of the only games last. Uh, last week, so I was like, "We're gonna show them. <laughs> We're gonna get a non-site kick now." But, yeah, but, no, I yeah, mean, no, and Timmy Timmy Blakerod was uh, one for two. He missed a thirty-seven yeah. yarder and he made a forty-six yarder. Um, I will say, watch the thirty-seven yarder again. The blocking on the left side was horrible, horrible. They were about to block the kick. He had to rush. I don't know if I don't know if anybody noticed that in the moment, but watch the kick again. The blocking on the left side was bad. He had to change his form because he had to rush the kick through, and he pulled it because of that. 
Uh, only very slightly, too, by the way. Only very um, slightly, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. it could have easily been a blocked blocked kick. I'm not saying it's good. you got to make all your kicks. But he's got to have support, man. <laughs> like You can't make your kicks if half the line's rushing at you. Um, and then he made a, made a 46-yarder, so that's good confidence for him. I think the collective, mm-hmm. the feeling in the stadium when he missed that first one was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding yeah. me? I, uh, we, have, we have a friend, a mutual friend. Uh, I'm just saying for our listeners, he's an Alabama fan. Uh, they're they're big Alabama people, and one of the things he's saying all year is like, we always get the five star kickers, we always get the damn five star kickers, and they can't make a damn field goal. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> it's like that's kind of how I feel. Like getting kicker of the year, <laughs> and he misses the first. Like, was it, that was the first one, his first attempt of the year, right? Yeah, yeah, it was his yeah. first field goal. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Anyway, yeah, so there's something. But, and the, but we uh, one more thing. We also need Travis yeah. back. That's the other thing I wanted to say. We need Travis yeah. back. He is such yeah. a difference maker for this offense, man. Because he's everything I, I talked about with Chancellor Brewington. But he's six seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he plays like Chance. He's just as reliable, probably more reliable. I mean, he's an NFL type t- tight end, but he's got the build. I mean, someone mm-hmm. like that. That changes the entire offensive dynamic. Yeah. We need him back yeah. as soon as possible. They got, <laughs> if they got to rest him this week for Georgia Southern, I get it. I get it. Please play Chancellor first. Please mm-hmm. have him on the field. Um, I know Scott listens, so yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. If if they if they can't play him next week, great. But we need him back for Oklahoma, and that might mm-hmm. be the thing you're talking about. If we don't have Travis until Oklahoma, all of a sudden we might be seeing all kind of different things they're doing with Travis that we weren't seeing before. And it, mm-hmm. it might be fun. It's like, we were saving it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited anyway, for that OU game, yeah. though, man. It'll be fun. We'll be there yeah. in two weeks, two weeks from now. And it'll yeah. it'll either be a fun game or uh, it'll be a long flight home. So we'll see. Yeah. Anyway. But that's going to be it for us today on the Cornhusker Corner. Always remember that there's no place like this podcast. This podcast. <laughs>